the I Am Symposium. I, I hope that you've been getting all of this great insight and, and feeding your soul during these dark days of winter. And as, as we call it in the Windwalkers tradition, the midwinter wind. And tonight we have a very, very special guest, somebody from my own community who could see my growth before I could. And she held a space for me in the community as I grew. And I'm really, really honored to have Dr. Sharon Stroud with us tonight. And Dr. Sharon Stroud is a woman dedicated to serving the planet. The, the slogan, think globally and act locally would describe what she has been about for the past 42 years. She is an author, professional speaker and spiritual leader. She has served the New Thought Movement for 42 years. Dr. Stroud serves as a spiritual leader of the Interfaith Spiritual Center worldwide in Palm Springs, California since 2001. She also serves as the Dean of the Institute of Successful Living. She is also the president-elect of the International Foundation for World Peace and Research, in which she goes all over the world lecturing at universities and institutions of learning. Most recently at the Cultural Arts Festival in India in January. I'm thrilled and honored that you're here today. You're gonna to give us the Christmas Eve message and that's an important time for people. And I know for me in my life, it's a time when I really needed some encouraging words and I'm really looking forward to seeing what encouraging words you have for us to navigate these challenging and difficult winds of change that we're collectively and solo experiencing at this moment. So welcome to the I Am Symposium, the Winter Solstice 2017. Well, I'm very, very honored to be with you. And I, it has been a joy to see your unfoldment, your evolution, and your dedication. No one really knows what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes uh, to really focus one's life and hone those skills so that you can serve others. And that's really, when we're called, I really feel that a calling is so much more powerful than just saying, this is my job, you know, calling is all encompassing. And when we hone in on our calling, then we, as we discussed prior, we grow, we evolve, we expand. So when we look at these very interesting times, the ancient Chinese never cursed anyone, Renee. They didn't? <laughs> no, they only wished them an interesting life. <laughs> and an interesting life uh, uh, can... It, it entails so much and it entails all of our experiences. And I tell my students, it's not really about good or bad experiences. It's about experiences. Mm. So when we put bad, this is a really bad experience. Uh, the flip side of that is it was probably the most powerful experience for our growth and evolution that we could ever imagine. So if we just say, these are my experiences and we are the sum total of every action, every thought, every deed, we're the sum total of all of that. And in our way of life, we believe that we can recreate our experience. Here's the paints, here's the brushes, 
you being an artist, you'll appreciate this. You paint paradise and in you go. And when we paint it, and we can paint something out that doesn't serve us, but as we grow and evolve, that painting becomes luminous. It, the energy, the frequency, the resonation of spirit becomes absolutely uh, luminous and truly serves us at a very deep core level. So in looking at the Christmas Eve message, uh, in our way of life, we believe that all paths that lead to God are good. Beyond color, race, creed, or sexual orientation, we are all one. That blood that courses through our veins is always the same color. And uh, to look at Christmas Eve and the message of Christ consciousness, the Buddha nature, the holy I am presence, that when Moses looked into the burning bush and said, who are you, what are you, the voice of I am answered, cast off your shoes, for where you stand is holy ground. In other words, there is nothing and no thing that comes between us and our spiritual knowingness. We cast it aside, we release it, we let it go. I have a friend, she said, everything I let go of, I left claw marks. And you know, it, sometimes it's really hard to let go. And when we get that, to that place of surrender, realizing that we can allow spirit to fill us up, and there is a thing, there's actually a Christmas poem I wrote uh, many years ago. And the last stanza is, in the dawning of the spiritual sun, for a moment, all faiths became as one. The Christian, Buddhist, Muslim Jew became as one and somehow knew that mystic voice that calls to me, oh, yonder, yonder person, I am thee. We are one. And in this oneness, do we live and move and have our being and this oneness to we we really uh, and i love we draw the larger circle i love that he drew a circle that shut me out but love and i had the wit to win we drew a circle that took him in does that mean that they're our best bosom buddy no it means that we are acknowledging there's a power and a presence within them as within us so there is a oneness we may not relate to behaviors lifestyles or whatever. However, there is that place in me, the place within each of us, that we are united as one. So it's really good to remember that when we're feeling at the effect of things, when we're feeling that life is unfair and we're going into our martyrdom and all of this, when we learn to take responsibility that it's about our own evolution our own unfoldment, our own expansion. And as we expand, everyone in our energy field expands. And this is what I love about our way of life is about the recreation of energy and that everything is energy. Tesla said, if you wanna know the secrets of life, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And if we think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, it's really interesting how it takes that sting out of whatever we're going through at the moment and just say, ah, it was not a vibrational match. And when we get it, if it's not a vibrational match, then we move on. That's a signal to move on. My son-in-law uh, was uh, called to Utah and they left California, Menifee, uh, to go to Utah so he could work for his brother. And what he discovered was that the brother uh, had a business partner that did not like my son-in-law at all. And he made his life as miserable as he possibly could. And during this time, uh, it's really fascinating the way spirit works. My little grandson was, uh, had a life-threatening 
allergy to peanuts, dairy, and cashews. The one doctor that is nationwide, that people fly in to see the doctor so their children can be healed, was 10 minutes from their house. So when my son-in-law was called to his old company, they raised, they raised, they raised his salary, said, come back, we miss you. He was able to go in and say to the business partner, as my mother-in-law would say, this is not a vibrational match. I now tender my resignation. As he's walking out, his brother comes in. And he said, we're complete. I've tendered my resignation. He goes, what will you do? And he goes, oh, I have a few irons in the fire. And then he you know, went on to uh, make more money with the former company that he worked with. In the meantime, they're taking my grandson, Tyler, to this doctor. And uh, it's called oral therapy. And my little eight-year-old grandson, this is, he was like about five at the time, he is completely allergy-free. This doctor that's known nationwide that has 100% cure was 10 minutes from their home. We think we're going somewhere for another reason, but underneath that is a deeper reason. And when we really get that it's a deeper reason, then we can allow God to do what God does best, whatever we conceive our higher power to be, whatever name we put on that energy, but to realize that which is within us is greater than that which resides in the world of conditions that show up on a daily basis, effects that we could give our power away to, appearances that you know come and go, but the changeless reality is within us. It is the place of peace that has never been touched by grief, it has never given offense, nor has it ever been offended. It is the still place within each of us in which when we really learn to go within and to court the divine presence, as Ernest Holmes would say, that presence goes before us and prepares the way as we become a lamp unto our own feet, drawing others into our energy field so that they can learn and grow out of what we've experienced. So I really believe deeply as we become teachers and masters of certain things, and there should be a certain degree of mastery if we've been in a way of life for a certain period of time. We learn to take ourselves out of the relative conditions, appearances, and effects, and all that stuff out there that we no longer need to take on. But we notice it's there so that we can come forth with inspired action. And I think more than at any other time, our inspired action to, you know, to really view the presence within one another. Uh, to really acknowledge that in the dawning of the spiritual sun, for a moment, all face became as one. I was lecturing in Istanbul at the university, and I was talking about our oneness. And in the middle of my talk, which I have never had happen before, Renee, was outrageous. Dr. Danny Schumann, who is one of our doctors without borders, and me being the president of the International Foundation for World Peace, we were lecturing all over. He came and he said, I want you to know that you are lecturing to a group of Muslims. And I said, thank you, I am aware of that. <laughs> I'm in Istanbul, I'm at the universe, I'm, you know, everybody's got their, I'm really pretty aware of that. So it was uncomfortable. So again, we draw the larger circle, we include whatever it is. So I just drew the larger circle, and I said, Dr. Danny Schumann uh, came up, as you noticed, uh, because he wanted me to be ever aware that I am speaking to a group of Muslims. Isn't it wonderful that I'm here from the US? I am a different religion, but I feel our oneness and our deep connection. 
isn't that fantastic that I am speaking to a group of Muslims, that I can say there is one God, Allah is his name, you know, and they all sort of applauded at that. And I could just include that uh, energetically, because the truth is, what is our Christmas Eve message? It's about oneness. It's about uh, that Christ consciousness in the, in the manger of our own heart and soul. Uh, it's about giving birth to our higher selves. It's about the holy magi within us that can transform the routines of work into celebrations of life and love and lay the gifts at your feet because that's what life does. There we are in our innocence and the archetype of the innocent uh, who has been around through all the archetypes sees everything as sacred and everything is holy and has it all in perspective. Whereas when we go into an orphan mode archetype, we're at the effect of it. When we come from the innocent, the divine fool that's stepping off, looks like <laughs> into the abyss, we know that God will be the wind beneath his wings because he's stepping out in faith and the energy of knowingness. So when we have lives that are lived in, uh, it's amazing um, uh, that we can view things with such a clear perspective and that when we're feeling the effect of it, uh, six months ago, I went in to have something I thought burned off and it turned out to be a six hour surgery in which they actually had to sew my nose in place with this kind of dental, dental roll that you put in your gum. Right here, it had to be sewn because the, the gaping hole was so huge that my, it moved my nose. So that had to be sewn. And then he took a piece out of my upper lip and then you know had to, to, to close this gaping hole above my lip. And then, you know, it was cancer, but it was, it, it was the least of all the cancers. It was a carcinoma, but it was very, very involved because there weren't clear margins. So the stitches went all, here I am a speaker, went part of my upper lip and then up above my lips. So I was really eating my meals through a straw for a, a good month. And when you go through something like this, it gives you pause, you know, to reflect about what our values are. And, you know, I'm in the ministry and I've been carrying our ministry for 16 years that I've been here and carrying my house. And I had the revelation to sell my house, to lighten up, to let go at a deeper level. What is it that I love here about the desert? It's the minerals. It's the mineral hot spring. I'm over at Two Bunch Palms silken in those minerals. I'm up at Miracle Springs and I thought I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to buy a manufactured house outright with no mortgage because I've mortgaged my house three times to keep our ministry doors open. So I said I'm going to completely lighten up and everyone says you're selling your beautiful home. Oh my gosh that's your sanctuary. I said wherever I go is my sanctuary. My sanctuary is within and to get to that place where I just want to be light. So not that it takes a cancer surgery or something traumatic, but those things usually give us a pause for reflection. What is this really about? The psychological cause of mind for cancer is deep emotional hurt and disappointment. It shows up in various ways. This was like hardly anything that you could see with, the, with your physical eye. But interestingly enough, it went deep deep until it was finally cut out.
So when the Bible says, if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, it means turn away from what no longer is working. Look toward what is working. And so for me, the message was lighten up. You don't have to carry it all, and you don't even know you're doing it until you reflect and think, my God, this is an amazing thing I've done. Uh, and having a nonprofit and all of the things one goes through with nonprofits. And it, it's really, a, it's a fascinating unfoldment, Renee. And I'm sure you've experienced some of it, you know, just doing what you're doing with your center. And uh, we're not always appreciated uh, for our efforts. And so we have to really build up a very strong self-image. And what is the difference between confidence and conceit is humility. That really I of myself can do nothing, but there's a power within me, an energy within me, a life within me that rises up in those moments and says, all right, I'm embracing this. I'm embracing this divine opportunity that has presented itself to me. And if we don't look at it, it's going to come back in a bigger way until it gets our attention. So in looking at our Christmas Eve message and the opportunity that we have to experience our oneness, to experience the opportunity to give the gifts of our, our love, our life, our energy, um, Mother Teresa said, you know, we're not all going to do great things, but do small things with great love, hmm. thereby becoming great. Anything you want to jump in and out or that's beautiful and 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 i honor i honor your dedication for all of these years in this desert and as you know i had the healing arts center for for 10 years where i felt like i was pulling along you know the sack of wind behind me that just wouldn't move and 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 to to come when we when we walk a path because it's our service and that's what we do it does, I think this is important for people to know that we do sometimes get, all right, like, you know, how many times are we going to remortgage our house? And there is this, 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 when the call sometimes is big like this, it doesn't mean it's all going to go your way or, and it's like, I understand this because I feel like, oh, well, I wonder if I'll do any local book signings or am I going to start New York and Santa Fe and, <laughs> and all of those places? Because, you know, you, what is it? You're not the prophet in your own town or something like that, they say. What is? And so I was never known in their own town. <laughs> so I applaud you and I've noticed and, and I emulate to, to walk in that, in that integrity and that service the way that you have. And, and, and I've been watching for years. So I want to honor you for that. Thank you. And, and so we're talking about that. And so you've been in the New Thought Movement for 42 years. Now, I thought I was a forerunner at 30, but 42 years, what moved you there all of those years ago? What brought you to that path? It's really interesting. Uh, I was raised in a very abusive alcoholic home. And um, I had a next door neighbor at two years, I was two years old and she started taking me to her, her church. And so I recognized that I can feel good here and I'm accepted here mm -hmm. and I'm not in my own home. I mean, my mother was an enabler and uh, my father was, you know, he came home from World War II really damaged. 
my sister ended up taking her own life. And for me, it just, I, I had such a destiny. I mean, at, at 11 years old, I've, I've got the sandbox. I've turned it up as a pulpit, the side that was on the dirt, you know, the dirty side. That Christ Community Church gave me a calendar, and I just put all the pictures of Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and apostles, you know. I it. So at 11 years old, I'm giving my first sermon on loaves and fishes, right? I can see it. Yeah, my mother is looking. In fact, I have a picture of me in that sandbox. Oh, I want it. Uh, yeah, it's hysterical. And my mother's looking out the window, you know, and she's like trying to take pictures, which, you know, didn't work. But she, it was like, when you have a destiny, I mean, here you are at 11 years old, right? And you're, you're imparting sacred knowledge. I happen to like, you know, the, that story, but I was very conditional because all the kids that listened received peanut brittle. And if they did not listen and talk, I was talking, they didn't. It was so, it was, it was so conditional. Jimmy Rose, he never got any peanut brittle. He always, <laughs> so I, I tell my congregation now, now I'm more unconditional. You can have coffee and cookies afterwards. <laughs> talk, my talk. Um, but when a destiny calls us, it's really fascinating. Uh, even though we, we resist it, and um, we're going to ignore that because that is, excuse me, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Okay, just turned it off. It's, I have a gate uh, bell, and it's probably, you know, just the mailman or something. But anyway, um, when you have a destiny and you, uh, you resist it, it, it chooses you. Mm -hmm. more and so then I started going into the science of mind classes now religious science is the laws of science the opinions of philosophy the revelations of religion applied to human need and the aspirations of man and woman it is not Scientology so I want to make that very clear we go oh is it science no it's not uh, it's really cause and effect relationship so I loved it so I started taking all the classes and everything there was to take and my husband said you know you're a natural go you know go into the ministerial and if you don't do it anything with it that's okay too because by that time I was teaching self-image psychology and they just dovetailed so beautifully because the science of mind is a cause and effect relationship to the universe there is no sin but a mistake. There is no punishment but a natural consequence of cause and effect. It is not a condemnatory religion. It's a way of life. My daily life is my temple and my religion. So when we really, really understand that energetically, uh, the opportunities that we have that come up for us, uh, they're amazing. So, you know, for me, it was just a natural unfoldment. And then my colleagues began to uh, invite me to speak. And uh, that's many in the background, incidentally. Uh, they began to uh, invite me to speak, and then I loved it. And uh, I founded the Santa Clarita Church up there, the Center for Spiritual Living, and they just had me in October, uh, which is my anniversary, come speak for the church I founded 42 years ago. And there were three people there that were originally there 42 years ago when I was there with long hair and 30 years old. And, uh, it was just, it was great. So the New Thought Movement, really, we're all using these laws, Renee. And if we're consciously aware of it, trained thought is far more powerful than untrained thought. When we really get that, our life expands. And then when we go through our sorrows, our upsets, our grieving times, 
there is an understanding that there is a loving, warm presence that is embracing us. It's not just a cold mechanical law of cause and effect. There, we're being embraced with wings of love. Mm. And, uh, and I could really feel that during those times. And, you know, I was widowed at 32 years old and had a seven-year-old child to raise. And, and he was the love of my life. And he was a feminist. And he believed that, you know, in women's power and all of that, it was, it was a great relationship. So energetically, we're carried on wings of love through those those periods of our life. And then, you know, I've had some amazing experiences of going all over the world and receiving the Peace Prize in Africa. Uh, and they gave me $10,000 to continue my work. And one of my friends said, you're the only person that can go to Africa and they give you money. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah, so, uh, and a, you know, beautiful medal and all of that. And, and I'm speaking to 25, thousand students and faculty and um hi many say hi uh, hi to everybody sometimes sami comes on <laughs> yeah so that's you know how that happened and then i didn't want to be the president of the international foundation for world peace we were in africa the doctors without borders were there professors and you know um physicists and they voted me the president i said no you know I'm not as qualified as you are. You look at you, you're a doctor, you're a professor of Zagreb University in Croatia, which I've also spoken at. You're, you're a professor in Poland, you know, Warsaw University. And my dear friend who's an MD, uh, her name is Elizabeth uh, Gulick, von, Van Gulick. Uh, when she became a doctor, her, her family wouldn't talk to her because now she wasn't gonna work on the farm anymore. Oh, no. I said, in our country, you would be absolutely worshipped. Hmm. But in her, she wasn't. So uh, they were so much more qualified than me. But they said, no, we learn from you. And I thought, what an amazing acknowledgement that I share these principles, these universal principles of life. And they learn. And are, are you humble enough to say, we learn from you. Hmm. So I just, you know, I, I accepted and that for two years, once a month, I was everywhere. I may have spoken in London several times, at Cambridge uh, universities, Oxford universities, over in Germany and Croatia and India and um, Istanbul. I mean, it just goes on and on. And uh, my favorite, of course, is Africa. It's very humid. It's 100 degrees with 100 degrees humidity, but those students are amazing and they're hungry for a message that empowers and says, you have it within you to be, do, and have whatever it is that you want. And this is a Madonna University, a Catholic university that uh, the Reverend Dr. Emmanuel Ida, a Catholic priest, founded. He founded two universities, uh, Polytechnic College, five manufacturing companies where the unemployed are now gainfully employed. It just goes on and on about what this, and I was on the Nobel Peace Prize uh, nominating commission. And I think our audience appreciate this. Uh, Elizabeth said, they're closed in December. We were already had our tickets to fly there to Norway, to Oslo, to nominate uh, Dr. Ida from Africa. And they're not gonna let us in. I said, I have my ticket, I got my room, I'm going and I'm gonna just survey the, the lay of the land. She goes, well, I'm not letting you go alone. <laughs> I said, very good. And then 
my vice president, his name was Miroslav from Croatia, he flew in. So there we are at the Nobel Peace Prize Institute. I walk up, I said, I'm Dr. Sharon Stroud from the United States of America. I would like to see the director of the Institute. And she goes, he's on the phone right now. He'll be off in a minute. Everybody speaks English in all these foreign countries. It's so great. So he was, he got off a very handsome young man. And I said, I'm Dr. Sharon Stroud from, you know, I want to nominate Father Ida. He goes, great, come on in. So Miroslav is embarrassed. So he's across the street at an espresso cafe because he was at the library and he thought, well, if someone sees me, they'll know I was here yesterday. I said, you're not a spy. <laughs> We're gonna nominate someone for the Nobel Peace Prize. And so he looks through all the papers and he goes, these are perfect. Oh, but I see Dr. Miroslav uh, did not uh, sign his name. I go, he's hiding out across the street at the cafe because he didn't want to seem intrusive. So then Elizabeth said, I'll run and get him. So they got him, we signed. And he said, your nomination is now accepted. We nominated Father Ida. He did not win it that year. I mean, he's done everything. I told him the winds of change come in. And, and I, I gave him the analogy, you'll love this, Renee, that you know, as the old winds move out and the new winds come up, uh, you cannot be disappointed by this. And then I had this opportunity to sit. And what I want to share with our viewing audience is sometimes, when the same things seem closed and you can't get in, the truth is you can. And if you don't ASK, you don't GET. You've got to ask, you know, ask and you will receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door is opened unto you. And that was my experience at the Nobel Peace Prize Institute when I was told, oh, we can't go, it's closed in December. Uh, they welcomed us beautifully. And we got a private tour of the Nobel Peace Prize Institute with, you know, there's all the wonderful Mandela and uh, Mandela and, and Martin Luther King, who's won all the, the recipients that have won the Nobel Peace Prize. They're all their pictures and their, the energy and, and the duplicates of their, their certificates are on the wall. So it was a magical, magical experience. And I just want to say that when we look at peace, there's, there's, when I lecture on it, I talk about, uh, there, there's the three pillars of peace. There's arbitration, right? There's uh, coming together to uh, reconciliate, and there's sacrament. And sacrament is so important because it's saying my daily life is my temple, my religion, that we may not agree politically, we may not agree that, uh, with one another, but we can respect the views. Uh, we can agree to disagree, as cliche as that sounds. I mean, it is a ground of being that we can agree to disagree. And, I, you know, it's the mothers. I just lectured in Vancouver at, in August on the, uh, it was the Peace Ark. And uh, the mothers of the world came to the Peace Ark uh, to say, we are all from a common mother. Mm, how beautiful. Mother. What a beautiful way, what a beautiful message to leave people with is that you do need to, you do need to knock and ask in order to receive and that, and that's what I love about these winds of spirit is that they come from cultures from all over the world that I didn't even know that I was yet to know about. And yet they all have a common, a common God, a commonness of that the air we breathe is the same, that the winds that blow will reach you tomorrow. So that, that, final, that final thought you wanna leave people with is about this, 
that we're all different, but we can hear, we can get along in this world in our differences. Exactly, that there is a, a unity in diversity. There is a oneness and multiplicity that with all the differences, there is that common heart that beats one beat at a time, moment by moment by sacred moment, mm. beat by beat by precious beat, that in the heartbeat of life, we're embraced. Mm, how beautiful. I really want to thank you for being a guest here and for this Christmas Eve message about diversity and oneness and unity. And for the people listening at home, uh, where can they find your website so they could learn more about where you might be speaking in their country? All right. Uh, it's it's www.innerfaith, I-N-N-E-R, faith, uh, worldwide.com. So it's www.innerfaithworldwide.com. And you can Google my name and, you know, everything comes up with what I'm doing too. You know that. And um, I will, uh, if you're signed up for this symposium, the imsymposium.com, you will get some information and how to reach uh, Reverend Sharon. And I want to thank you. And this symposium is going to continue on to January 6th, which uh, is the night that Hulda flies the wind goddess. And uh, I'm going to be giving the final closing message. So stay with us, stay tuned, and please continue to share this with your friends and loved ones because these messages are so very important right now and thank you thank you